Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Georgia... Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. And Josh Widdicombe? Josh Well done. That, that sounds a bit Bromley, that does. Not far off. Romford. Romford. Where's Romford, that? Yeah. Essex? Where Steve yeah. Davis is from, isn't it? Yeah, Barry it's the same sort of accent. Like it's basically the same people that left East London went to Romford and the people that left South East London went down to Bromley Way. Right. People in Romford will argue it's still London. People in Bromley will argue it's still London. It it's sort not. of is, but it sort of isn't. Who cares? This is my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Georgia. George! George! Cut George! Put that down! George! George! That's what, that's what, that's what people in Romford will call Georgia right. when she's been yeah. a bit naughty. Oh, that's good. I'm getting an image now. Uh, they listened four, <laughs> and a, four to five months ago. Gone back and listened to every episode. Fucking right and all. Yes. I have recently started commuting into work again, so try and save your podcast to keep me entertained on the days I'm travelling in. Keep up the good work, and thank you for bringing some laughs into my week. Ashley from Romford. How are you, Rob? Big up Romford. Big up the Romford Massive. Big John, Johnny Fisher. The Romford Bull Army. There's a boxer from There's a boxer from Romford. No, there's a boxer from Romford um, who's doing really well, a prospect. And his dad, Big John's famous on TikTok. You should do a collab with him. Oh, I'm not going to do a collab with him. He goes, Bosch. That's his one. What's a collab? Bosch. Basically, you you team up with someone else. Yeah, and then he says Bosch at the end of everything. You could say Josh at the end of it. Josh, yeah, that see, this is you'd love it, Josh. Once you get into it, you can share your ideas. You and Big John, a Bosch. Well, I'm still working on my ideas. I'll give them to you on Tuesday. He nicked the Bosch from Tom Skinner from The Apprentice. Anyway, so getting a bit Essex heavy. How yeah. are you? All right, I'm excited because you've got a new feature idea for the show. Yeah, well, I think it's really good. This okay. So basically, we I think what's good about this show is we we're really honest and talk about stuff, and yeah. especially with like mental health stuff, people go, "You've got to talk, just talk." But sometimes yeah. to talk is quite awkward, isn't it? Because you don't know where yeah. to start. So I thought this is a good way to sort of have that message of being open and talking, but in a fucking interesting way, rather than some really annoying, you know, people just a bit worthy, aren't they? And it just gets yeah. a bit boring. Where it actually yeah. needs to be entertaining, even if it is for a good cause. So here's this, right? Okay, this is when <laughs> this is the, this is. When in your life has there ever been a moment where you think, do you know what? If a therapist walked through the door now, it'd be perfect timing. Okay? So hear yeah. me out, but not a really bleak moment. Yeah. Everyone no, no, gets no. really down. If someone, if your parents passed away, you feel down. That's grief. That's not yeah, yeah. you having a bit of a moment. That's just your body experiencing a feeling, an emotion that you have to process, blah, blah, blah. So it's just that like strange behaviour. For example, once I was trying to drive to my brother's house in Coulston and I got lost in Croydon in the one-way system. And I was a bit late, but... They were indoors. It didn't really matter. You know, it, didn't, it wasn't like someone was waiting at a platform or something. And I got so angry, I started crying and punching my steering wheel. And I'd argue the problem there isn't Croydon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know? do, you, do you know what the problem was? Did you ever get to the bottom of that main no, issue? No, I'm still, I'm still working that out. But, right, at least, yeah, uh, but yeah, the, yeah. the first step is accept, accepting there is an issue, Judge. And yes. so at that moment, if a therapist got in the car with me and went, you okay, mate? That would have been the perfect yeah. timing. So, <laughs> like, you know when you had that you panic this attack? Happened, this happened at one time. Was it recently? No, no, no. This was years ago. I was only like 17. But it was the first time, I think, I, as a sort of semi-grown-up, I really ex- yeah. realised that there were certain emotions I wasn't dealing with properly. This isn't about Croydon. This isn't the same way. You know when the guy in the outdoor gym started having a go at you and you went, this isn't about the gym, is it? Yeah, yeah. But you know when you were, you had a panic attack in that train station, was it King's Cross? Yeah. Yeah. King's Cross, yeah. And what was that, to remind the listeners, you just, was it on the toilet floor or something? It was, uh, yeah, toilet floor, a first class lounge, just to be clear, because uh, <laughs> I just alive at the Apollo. I had to get to the Leeds to do a tour show. Yeah. And so the production company, because alive at the Apollo coming late, they'd got me the, the tickets up so that I could uh, t- could enjoy the toilet floor at King's Cross. <laughs> it's cleaner, though, to be fair, the first class lounge well, toilet. Do you know what? I'd really recommend it. If you're going to have a panic attack on any floor, <laughs> that is the one. And yeah, there is an argument that wasn't about live at the Apollo. Yes, or your gig that night. And if a therapist had walked in and went, you're right, mate, then that would have been the perfect time. I've locked the door in, mate. This is unacceptable. (laughs) You could talk to him through the door. Also, Um, how much money are you making as a therapist? This is the first class lounge, mate. (laughs) They earn a lot. Um, So basically, because I I think the thing is, when you are recognising odd behaviour, it's sort of the first step in getting a handle on it. So if we can make this a fun feature of people talk about it in a carefree, funny story way, rather than than a big, horrible secret about... Because some people would would have had that have happened to you or happened to me in Croydon and would never share it, but there's no benefit not to share it because there's no shame or embarrassment. That's just how the world can get on top of you at times. So I think it's a fun little feature. So if there's things that have happened... <laughs> where you think it's not about Croydon, it's not about the train, it's not about Love and Apollo. I haven't had many panic attacks in my life, but I could tell you a funnier place I've had a panic attack. Well, maybe not funnier. <laughs> well, it depends. On a peloton. <laughs> On a peloton? During the peloton? <laughs> During a peloton class. <laughs> but your heart rate must have been through the roof. I was honestly, mate. You burned so many calories. Little tip, if you're feeling really stressed, yeah... <laughs> A peloton isn't a way to burn off the stress, it turns out. If anything, it's a way to double down on the stress. Yeah. If, you, if your heart's working too hard and you're getting hot. I was like, oh, I can just pound this out of me. I just got on the peloton and I'll just kind of work this adrenaline out of my body. But what I did was doubled down on the adrenaline. Also, it really affects your stats if you suddenly stop pedalling for a few minutes because you're having a panic attack. Yeah, that's I think really that's the like. least of your worries, isn't it? And then you get stage. more stressed about that. It's an absolute, it's a vicious circle. <laughs> well, that's the problem with cycling, isn't it? It's just a loop. <laughs> Especially when you're, you're still in your garage at the end of the garden, facing your house and all your responsibilities, <laughs> pedalling yeah. to nowhere. Um, yeah, so I think that's quite a good feature. So um, it doesn't, you know, it's sort of like, doesn't have to be a parenting, but it can be. If I was to give anyone any advice on that as well, just on the panic attack thing, the Calm app I've been using recently is fucking incredible. Oh, really? I was stressed coming back from the last leg last night because my main reason for stress was because we now film it in Hammersmith and it takes so long to get home. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't believe it's 12 and I'm not even out of West London. But then I did 10 minutes on the car map and I basically fell asleep in the car. It was incredible. So I'd really recommend if you are feeling stressed, downloading yeah. that app. 
Well, that's a good idea. So we do this. People tell you, you, t- you tell your story of when you sort of had straight, a strange reaction to something or strange behavior yeah. where if a therapist going, we need a name for this, Josh, we'll work on the name yeah. where yeah. The th- if a therapist turned up, it would have been very helpful. And then let us know what it is you do to calm yourself down now that you sort of yeah. learned from that experience. Yeah. So I, exactly. I listen to a thing on Spotify. Sometimes even if I wake up in the middle of the night, a bit anxious because I get more anxious now in at, during the night than in the day because I've got coping strategies in the yeah. day that I can't use at night because I'm out of it obviously right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I listen to this it's called Ju- Just Trust the Universe and it's a little hour long speech by a guy called Alan Watts and it's on Spotify if you look for Alan Watts and it's called Just Trust the Universe it's like an hour long so I sort of listen to that and he's quite calm Your the way end of year rap on Spotify must be bizarre Arctic <laughs> yeah. Monkeys Professor Alan Watts <laughs> And then Kasabian. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought, so yeah, if you've got any of those stories of times where you've reacted oddly in a situation and it wasn't about the situation, it was yeah, deeper stuff. That is, that you don't is, have to I tell us the deeper stuff, obviously, no, but no, just no. the location that you found yourself a bit overwhelmed and what you do now to help with that. And I think it's a better way to talk and get things out as opposed to just making it some sort of stressful intervention sit down so yeah. that's my new idea for a feature josh we, just good. and we should warn people we will try and make comedy out of it so don't if, you, if you're very sensitive about it do send yeah. it in like, we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna try and make take a humorous angle yeah, of course of yeah and if yeah. you can't handle that fuck off is essentially <laughs> but in a calm way in a calm fuck way. Fuck off and have a meditate. Oh, just fucking, just chill out, mate. Fucking put your feet up. Stop worrying. <laughs> Kid hell. Josh, before we introduce um, Brian Conley, our guest this week, um, have you heard that we are stopping Eurovision from happening? Yeah, I did. Do you know what? I heard this in a last leg meeting. So it's like, have you seen the news about this Eurovision thing? I, no one had told me. Who told you? <laughs> Someone tweeted me about it. Basically, yeah. They've got no because Ukraine won Eurovision, but they can't have Eurovision there, obviously. So the UK, who came second, are hosting, but there's no venues big enough. They need an arena, but all the arenas are booked out, and most of them are booked out by us for the live show. I know, and they're going to, but they're going to turf us out, Rob. They're not, are they? They are. Who? The bloody Eurovisions. No, we have to. We've got that. That we're we're contracted out, mate. They'll have to buy us out. They're trying to get people to move their shows. They've narrowed it down to two of... The, no, they've narrowed it down to eight potential venues and we're in two of them during the... On Do those you know days. needs a month of the venue? What are they doing in there? What the fuck's going on there? Just practising a different building. So they all building. go in there to write the song. Yeah. <laughs> they all write the song in a month. <laughs> it would explain a lot. So, um, yeah, it's like us and Elton John and people like that um, are doing these venues currently and it's like... What's going to happen regarding Eurovision? So we'll, we'll wait and see. We haven't, yeah. Well, we haven't heard from the venues. This is the first we've heard of we've, it. We've heard nothing. This is the first we've heard about it. Was our names were mentioned in the news as the people stopping Eurovision from happening? I like Eurovision. I want it to happen in boxing. Normally, say in boxing, if you've got if you've got a mandatory something you have to fight when you're the champion. Yeah. What you can do is if you say, for example, um, ty, you know Anthony Joshua. Um, if he beats Alexander Usyk, and he may have a mandatory where he's got to defend one of his belts against someone, but obviously the Tyson Fury fight's going to be millions and millions, he'll say to that mandatory, here's £500,000, take that yeah. if you let me fight Tyson Fury first, because he's going yeah. to earn so yeah. much money from that one, he yeah. can give the money out like that. I'm not saying that the Eurovision need to pay us, but it <laughs> it would help, be, you know, it would take the pressure off to move stuff around. It would, it would oil the wheels, wouldn't it? But... Don't panic if you've got tickets to everywhere but Manchester and they Birmingham. They are still going ahead. You'll be fine. 
they're all they're all safe from these Eurovision bastards. <laughs> but Birmingham and Manchester are the ones these so Eurovision are sniffing around. Get, do you think we could get moved like a compulsory purchase order? You know, like when they're doing Crossrail. I don't know what our rights are, Rob. I don't know what our rights are. Like, we're here. We're meant to be there. Who would win in a fight? What, between us and Rylan? Yeah. Ryland's I think Ryland he's got big reach he's much he's he's athletic isn't he right okay so here we go me and you versus Ryland yeah and Graham Norton in a straightener in the street the winner takes all I think I think Norton is fit do you know what he looks he looks strong doesn't he like fucking ox yeah hairy and fucking solid when Ryland's a tall guy but I think he's rangy I think I think he might gas out. I don't think he's got the... He's thin, but I don't think he's got the cardio where I think Norton would go for hours. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Fucking <laughs> rocket. I think, I think what would happen is Ryland would cause some initial damage before blowing out, yeah. and then Norton would just finish us off over six hours. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it... What do you reckon you could take Ryland and I, I have a go at Norton? I think you've got to put me and Norton, the two small ones, up again. Yeah, but I'm only an both... inch taller than you, Josh. Ryland's six foot seven. And he wears heels. I'll never reach him. I'll have to bite his ankles. Do you know what? I'm going to make an offer. I'm going to make an offer to Eurovision now. We will step aside if you let us be those ones that they cross to to read out the English scores. Yes, please. We'll do that. And we'll find another date. Um, So if we have a fight, though... Or chuck us a load of money. No, we won't do it for that. We won't do that. Just the scores. I'm spear tackling Rylan and then I'm ground and pounding him. The only way I'm going to beat him is on top, on the floor. And how are you taking on Norton? I think, well, I suppose I've just got to make, I'm younger. Mm. So You've got asthma, though. I'm probably faster. Yeah, I've got asthma. But, <laughs> what, yeah. So I think I just stay on my toes and in and out. In a fight, like, would you have an asthma pump sort of round your neck, like a necklace, or in the pocket, or just to the side? What, what would you I'd do? I'd have it in my mouth instead of a, um, instead of a gum guard. So gum I'd guard. constantly be in my mouth. Yeah. And then if, if someone punched me, I'd just get a, a blow of Ventolin from it, so it'd actually be positive. Perfect. Okay, well, sounds good. Well, yeah. Eurovision, get in touch. We'll have a straightener with Ryland and Norton. Um, yeah, see who wins. In the O2, Indigo O2, on some sort yeah. of bare-knuckle boxing event. Um, anyway... Josh, it's time to introduce Brian Connolly. Well, Rob, do you want to give him the big build-up? One of the best comedians this country's ever produced, all-rounder, family entertainment. Your hero. One of my heroes. I saw him as a kid. He's still as funny now as he was then. He's doing panto all through Christmas, which he secretly plugs the whole way through his interview, which I do respect. But Brian Connolly, father of two and a very, very funny man and a good bloke. This is Brian Connolly. Welcome to the podcast, Brian Connolly. I'm very excited about this, Brian. I'm, I've got moist. I'm very <laughs> excited. Uh, and I would like to apologise for my visual uh, thing that you'll see. Yeah, you've got line down the screen. Well, do you know what you say apologise? We just had some the classic mute problems on Zoom. Yeah. And you're, when you were speaking, we couldn't hear you. And your your face was so funny. I thought he's doing a bit. He's, this is him doing like a kind of I can't. Uh, I'm built for comedy. Yeah. I've even got the comedy uh, screen. Um, let me point out to the listeners. Um, yeah, when when we got, when we're in lockdown, we just before lockdown, we bought this computer. Whopper Chopper does the old fingerprint. You haven't got to do anything. Um, but we never realised the blimmin. So it look, it, there's a crack in the line down the middle. Oh, in the camera. Yeah. No. So, but um, I'm, I'm doing the one show and uh, my next door neighbour come around because they got a good computer. 
and uh, we couldn't get it on. So I'm in the middle there of this, you know, the great big sort of 20 by 20 screen with this blimmin' thing. <laughs> and you're right, I do. And people only, re- when I was walking down the street, they're going, yeah, all right, Bri? Yeah, I, should yeah, take yeah. A, I should take a photo of it so we can put it online. <laughs> that line down your head. I've got it perfect. Um, no. Well, you've made it here. So, Brian, what's well, how many kids you got? Let's, let's, let's start off with that. Two kids. Um, I have two girls. Um, I've got Lucy and Amy. Uh, Lucy is, um, as you just saw, because of my age, she's helped me get on this uh, podcast. In fact, I have to say, this is the very first podcast I've ever done it ever in my life. Really? Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. I've done what, radio. What's, you see, what's the difference between radio and podcast? Tell me that one. That we don't have to. We don't have to play a song. We can just babble on for as long as we <laughs> yeah. want. There's no time restraints. No bosses as well. There's oh, no man nice telling one. us what to do. But we can say things like bum and poo. Yeah, whatever you <laughs> want. That... Yeah, I'm gonna say it now. Fuck. Yeah. I just said it, man. I've never ever said it. I don't. I think there's people out there going, I can't believe it. It's going to get in the papers and everything. Did you work clean then, completely, basically, all your stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had to. When I was uh, doing my show, I had a joke uh, where, you know, I had to say, uh, I wanted to say bum, and I was not allowed to say bum. And no one, and I can't believe it, you know, like in the, now, everyone can say far. You know, you can say far in Panama. You, you were never, ever allowed to do that. But now really? it's very acceptable, because I suppose the sort of rule is, if you're, um, you know, a little kid going to school, you know, how would the teacher react? You just go, well, what are you doing, Johnny? Well, I just farted. You know, so that was always the, the times have changed. But yeah. then you also did have a TV show where you p- pretended to play the violin with your cock out. Well, no, yeah, there's some line that people worry that my penis had a nail on the end of it. No, it was my finger. Um, I had the full song. I still do it in the main act. If um, I have to say, it's probably the best visual in the world. This whole oh, it's full unbelievable. Song, the song "The Devil Went Down at Georgia," and when I hold the bow with my finger. That they have that rock where the whole audience just go forward like yeah, that. So the good. trouble is, I, I can never follow it. <laughs> so I'll yeah. do it, and then and it always takes me ages to get the blimmin' thing on. So there's this hiatus where I'm sort of trying to get the thing on. Anyway, yeah. So uh, what were we talking about? My kids. Yeah, your kids. Yeah. So we'll get the sort of gushing stuff out of the way. But I've always loved all we, your well, we stuff. We should say we said on this podcast that Rob saw you, and that's what's kind of. When I was in a Bartlins. kid. What, how old have you been, Rob? Um, I can't remember. It was you were, you were doing a routine where you sort of had a pretend baby in a buggy and it was crying and then I, all the dangerous Brian stuff. I remember watching that on the telly, having the VHS and things like that. And we all watched it as a family and absolutely loved it. And that's like, that might my ideal comedy is when you can watch it with your nan, your brother, your auntie, everyone, and everyone finds it funny. But yeah, he's an absolute hero of mine. So very, oh, very excited to be doing this, Brian. You're the reason that that night is the reason Rob Beckett is here now. I I left the stage early that night because I thought there's a weird kid in the audience with great people <laughs> smiling at me. Stage yeah. manager said you've only done 20 minutes. I said that kid's shitting the life out of me. <laughs> it's just teeth and hair. What is what is that in the middle? I remember um, that, that routine. I've still got, I never, ever throw one prop away. I love props. I love visual comedy. I think visual comedy goes right across the board, young, old. Um, and you still got that pram then? Still got it up in the loft. Because what oh. happens was the baby used to come out 
I had the baby made. It was the ugliest baby ever. I used to do a couple of baby jokes. Then I put it in there, and it was a very popular song that we are the world, we are yeah. the children. And then a little, and I used to put the baby in the pram. And then I had a little lever, and the baby used to play a little trumpet in the pram. Just go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'd be there rocking it. I think once I had kids, I go, I don't want to relate to them at all. So I never, I took out all my kid jokes, all my baby routine. When I get out of the house, I just want to forget those kids now. And really? so what point in your career did you have the kids? I was doing really well. Um, and then it all went wrong. I kids. Um, <laughs> now you're on a so podcast. How, how old are they now, Brian? <laughs> so we've got Lucy, who's 20, and Amy, who's 25. Lucy works as an events manager at a very popular uh, cinema chain. And Lucy wants to be a comedian. Oh, wow. Ooh. And she's a great singer. And she's done a little bit of work. She's done a bit of acting. And uh, she's got a pantomime. Oh, wicked. Oh. Yeah, she's doing pantomime in uh, Richmond. Their love of singing has always been there as well. But Lucy uh, just has that extra really wanting to be in uh, the biz. So how are you going to feel watching her in panto? Well, I'm not. I'm working. Um, <laughs> the, the trouble is, Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie, my lovely wife, will have to decide which one she goes to. Because we start rehearsals at the same time. And we finished at the same time. And where are you? Where's your panto this year? Is it Woking? Is it Woking? Yeah, thank you very much, Rob. I bet I would have ended up in Worthing. Or something no, like it's Woking. <laughs> Cinderella, Brian Connolly, Cinderella, 2nd of December through to the 31st oh, of December. mate. No, listen. Buy I'm tickets not... now. No, From 13 quid. Oh, that's no. got... If you're going to go and see Panto, you've got to go and see Brian Connolly, Cinderella, surely. You Well, how old are your uh, children now, guys? Mine are six and four. I reckon they really enjoy it. I'll have to bring them down. They are Panto age. And what about you, Josh? And mine are four and one. One, obviously, yeah. Sometimes if I've got friends like that, I sit them right at the back. That's where the baby sort of kicks off. Oh, <laughs> there's no way I'm bringing the baby. No, I'm going to come down this year. If you're at Woking, that's not far from me. I'm telling you, you will love it and you'll go, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. It's huge. <laughs> it's a big, big show. And I always say it's like one big variety show. When you say Cinderella, that's just the skeleton to hang on as yeah. much comedy as possible. And uh, it's... And I would say, give me the first week full and I'll take care of the rest. It's, it's word of mouth. It's making them cry with laughter. And, have, and I love Panto because it ticks all the boxes because you've got your pathos, your comedy, your dancing, your acting, your ad-libbing when you've got the little kids up at the end, which I can wangle because, you know, you, you know someone in it now. So <laughs> you come, I will get you. How do you think your children will react to being part of this is that little bit right at the end where i talk to him and we do something like i am the music band or uh i know what is it um old mcdonald had a phone how will your children react to being on stage well well i, I brought mine out on stage when i did a, did south end cliffs and um one of the older one is quite shy and then uh the younger one spoke a little bit and stuff so that i think they'd go out but the younger one would probably talk and the older one would just clam up she sort of like always lets the younger one go first and do it well we're gonna find out and what about you Joss? <laughs> i think my daughter who's four would i don't i think she'd panic but you must have that all the time because kids are four, like you must have loads of techniques right for yes. dealing with kids you you have to i want the quietest kids well i get the asherettes to choose them I, yeah. I will not be responsible for that because there could be fights. We have four. Well, all I want is four little kids and I want the quietest kids in that room. I don't want the mad ones. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just want them looking sweet. And uh, and then, of course, you never know what they're going to do, you know. So, <laughs> but the audience love it. 
it is. You can throw everything at a pantomime, but those kids at the end. And I wanted to say, yeah, as I got, I've got older. I don't push for any comedy. I, I, don't, I just let it happen. And I think more than anything, as a parent now, all I want to see is that child having a lovely time. Yeah. And, uh, and that means more than anything. Yeah. You know, people always say, but it is true. It's educating little kids into the excitement of life and being in the here and now and putting your iPhones out of the way. And I say to them, I say, do you know what? When you go home, you're going to all talk about this. You're going to be sitting in the car talking about it. And do you know why? Because you've shared this experience. You've shared it. You've put your phones away. And, and it is something, as you well know, guys, it's addictive, that live. Yeah. Well, that's what I, mean. I still remember that. Like, I was only four or five, but seeing you and like, that being made to laugh with other people in a big room by someone on stage with that light on them, it's, I was I was mesmerised by it. And you don't really forget that kind of thing, if that's the, especially the kind of thing you're into, and you're into arts and the theatre and stuff. But, yeah, no, it's amazing. And did you have your children come and watch you from an early age then? Well, uh, they both were. I got them in the show. Uh, with pantomime. Uh, Amy um, is wonderfully talented, but uh, she's never quite had that confidence to get out there. Uh, Lucy is uh, slightly different. I think Amy takes after Anne-Marie, my wife, and Lucy takes after me. But uh, Lucy desperately wanted to be part of it. So I I had a... You, you don't have it now, but they used to have little teams of the babes. So you'd have 10 little kids that would be part of it. And uh, I got her to be one of the babes and she would learn the dance routines. But I always had another costume made because I've heard of people that, yes, they're 10 kids, they take one out while the celeb's daughter or son could do it, and then that poor child that was left out, obviously, because they didn't have a costume, but I went, nope, I want an 11th costume. I want everything in 11s so that little loose can dip in and out. And then right at the very end, when I spoke about the bear, the fairy would come out and we'd get Lucy when she was tiny, and Amy would do this, say about, I don't know, like about three or four, and she would come out with the fairy with the bear and give it to the child who's a similar age. And then I would go to Lucy, I'd go, hello, what's your name? She'd go, Lucy, and I'd go, how old are you? She would go, I'm three and three quarters. And I'd go, have we ever met before? And she'd go, no, daddy. <laughs> You know, I, I've always had the kids around. You know, the dressing room has been their home, and especially in pantomime, and even right now up until this year when Lucy's going to be doing her pantomime, uh, she's been there. She's always been there, and uh, and they both have. You know, they've grown up in, yeah. in, in theatre, and when I've been in the West End in shows, when I was in the musical 9 to 5, I played the sadistic, sexist boss, and in the end of the first half, I get captured by the three girls that work in the office. They take me back to my house and tie me up, but they realise that I'm, you know, quite, I'm into S&M and all that. So they put me <laughs> in this rubber bleeding costume with the ball, all chains. Anyway, so this is the end of the first half. All through the second half, I have to wear the same costume. So in the interval, when I'm there for a year, over a year and a half, you know, I'm sitting there with my daughter having a cup of tea. In the session, dressed in all this gear, and she took a photo of me and she posted it on Instagram. Where you go, you know, bring your kid to work day. <laughs> I totally forgot you were there for a year. You forget you're sitting there in a rubber costume. You know? 
it just becomes so normal. Yeah. I mean, what was, what was it like though? Like when you were you had your kids about you know twenty years ago and stuff, and your show was on ITV, and at that point, telly was getting millions and millions of viewers, way more than it does now. So oh. what, you know, it must have been difficult. The school gates were like kids loved you. Like I loved you at that age. I'm a, you know I'm a bit older than yeah. your your daughters, but uh, you know what, what was it like for them? You know, with their dad being like the, the famous um, funny well, guy. Uh, dad. Uh, was uh, dad was dad you know they grew up with it so they didn't know any different but I made a conscious decision they went to an American school they went to a place in Hillingdon called ACS and from kindergarten they were there and no one oh, knew really? who I was and no one knew oh, wow. you know because uh, they were all American kids or international kids but they went there and no one knew me and I wanted that oh really was that a, was that a decision because you were sort of so well known you thought if they went there they'd have their own identity no they, it was a good school as well we knew it was a good school um, and we, we you know we just felt that this would be the best way that uh, you know people would take them on face value and not go oh that's Brian Conley's daughter there yeah. you know, or you know mums and dads there was a few, obviously a few, uh, that were British, you know, that were there, but predominantly it was all, uh, it was an international school. So uh, that's where we went. I can imagine that you're quite a fun dad. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're, you're, I can imagine you being playful and yeah. enjoying, like, acting out with children and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I think that's why I'm good in panto, because I always say I'm like a cheeky little teenager. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm like. And I've always been like that. And I've always embarrassed my kids and enjoyed that very much. In what ways would you do it? Well, we were on holiday and, you know, we were in a completely foreign country. Not one person speaks English, but the band are playing a song in my key. You know, we're at the bar and they've got a little two-piece sort of little... Duh, 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 and I'm going, I know this one. And they go, Dad, don't, don't, don't. And I will get up. I will get up and I will sing and I'll work the crowd and, and all that. <laughs> Yeah, that child is very much in me, you know. Yeah. I, I've always been like that. I've always been silly. I've always, you know. Well, you've got that face. You've got a funny face. Like, even when we were just trying to get the Zoom work and you weren't doing anything, but it felt like a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how do you? How are you serious with your kids? Like, yeah. I've sort of got that stupid face as well. Yeah. No offence, but you know I, what I mean? can't imagine you as a disciplinarian. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm terrible. And, of course, Anne-Marie, uh, my lovely wife, is sort of a bit like, you know, she has to sort of... I tend to just, I don't know, what do I do? I think I've only had a go once, uh, once ever, you know, and I do. What was that? It. Can you take uh, us through it that? It was or? just about being not polite, you know, and it was just a moment where I just went, no, I've got a thing about being polite. You know, I, I've always, uh, it's like when um, we go to a restaurant, always very polite to the waiters and all that sort of thing, and, uh, and want my kids to be like that. Were you good with the, I mean, the teenage years, particularly mm -hmm. with girls i think is a really tough yeah. gig for a parent do you know what i mean Listen, i was Dealing. working i've always i've always worked and and, and them coming to see me unless I, i've been on tour but even then being on tour and very much my sort of uh, my stand-up era sort of ended just when the girls sort of turned up and then i was doing lots of musicals and i've done a lot of them and telly and so they were always part of that you know so and I would very much involve them. If I am on tour, I go, well, I'll look after Lucy this week. She's off school. She can come with me. And they love it, being in the hotel and of course, yeah. being with uh, everyone there. But there's, I, I was being reminded because I said, right, I've got to talk about the kids. Emery, what can I say? She says, tell them, oh, you know what I used to do when we were on holiday? If they would only be about six. And I go, see that kid in the pool over there? 
Will you go and talk to them? They go, no. I go, go on, because I know if this, if Lucy has a little friend, that's it. They're going to play. They're going to keep out the way for a while. Yeah. I would pay her to go and talk to the kid. <laughs> I go, I'll give you five pounds. She go, I'm not in five. I go, I'll give you ten pounds. If you just go over, you don't have to be friends with them, but just go and talk to them. And then they go over and talk, and that'd be it. Bang. Yeah, and it's off. It's normally that bit apprehensive about that opening it, bit. Because I knew that that was it. And then I got little friends, same age, and we get pally with their mum and dad. Yeah, go to the bar, and as long as they're do, happy. Do you make holiday friends, Brian? Oh, I do oh. a little bit, but not, I don't know, you know. No, you I don't think one. people should. We went crabbing once, and we were in South End or somewhere, and we went out, and we bought the things, and Anne-Marie and Amy was on the beach, and me and Luce went out to sort of like the pier, and we're sort of doing it all. Anyway, Luce is upset. She can't uh, can't get anything. And uh, so there was a little kid next to me, and I bought his crabs. <laughs> I said, I'll give you £10 for the crabs. He just a big bucket full. And we went back and everybody went, oh, my God, look how many you got. <laughs> the other kid. You know, this is what I'm like. I've sort of come back. And I said to you, you know my brother. You know, you, you know my brother. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We were, he's floor manager. We've worked yeah. with him yeah. number yeah. over the years. And he said, the best advice you ever gave me, Brian, is when you said, it all gets good when you can bribe them. <laughs> once you start, once you can bribe them, that's it. That's it. Your worries are over. You've got that sleep deprivation, those early years and all that game. But then as you get a little bit older and maybe you do the little star thing on the, the fridge where, you know, you need, oh, I'm going to take one star away. No, well, you're not going to get Father Christmas. One of the, oh, no, you can't do Oh, you're not having those sweets because you didn't. You're there. You've, 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 yeah. you're, you're on the other side. And have they brought any uh, boyfriends or girlfriends home or anything, mm-hmm. Brian? Okay, yeah. how's that been? They've <laughs> <laughs> been great. I think, no, I'm fine with it. I mean, Amy... psychologically, the first time it might, you know, obviously they're a bit older now, so they, yeah. but like when they first start dating, yeah. I think it's a tough first thing to deal <clears throat> with. And like after a couple of years, and there's been a couple I'm of different it. people, you, can, yeah. you sort of just get used to it. But the first you know, time. Look, yeah, you can moan at them about maybe drinking too much or, hey, don't, don't take drugs and all that, but this is very much part of the circle of life and things moving on and, and, and you need to find out what you need to find out. And in no way I'm going to, you know, be upset. I mean, you don't want to come in, you know, I don't even want to explain what you'd be worried about, but you don't want, <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, but, <laughs> I think we can guess. <laughs> but, well, you know, but Lucy, Amy has got a lovely uh, part now. Dash, who's yeah. a lovely guy, and and uh, they, they just, you know, seem so happy together, and that's what you want, you know, you just that's yeah. all you want at the end of the day, mm. you know, is for of them course. to be happy. But it just must be the bit when if they bring someone home when they're like sixteen, mm. seventeen, and let's, you know, they're in, the the blokes yeah. are knobhead or the girls are yeah. knobhead. You mm. know they're knobhead. Your wife knows they're knobhead, but you just have to let them find out that they're a knobhead. They never ever brought anyone <laughs> back because they were worried. They knew that I would say something, uh, and I'd drop them in it, or I'd say something embarrassing about something that happened years ago. So they never, ever. In fact, my brother was the same. My young brother Al would never, ever bring anyone back because he was always worried that I'd say something, not have a dig or anything, but just I've I always put my foot in it. Yeah, just break into song. It's that kind of thing. Well, of course. (laughs) You know, and so what was it like the first time they did bring someone? Well, the first time is really uh, a lovely guy called Dash now, and Amy's twenty four. And before that, uh, I was aware of people, and Anne Marie was aware, but uh, 
No, uh, Dash is uh, the first one that's been back and been welcomed into the family. You've got to. You have to. That's part of, you know, we, we did. You know, everyone has to. And so you're very, uh, you know, you've got find my iPhone. Like, where's she? Where's she? What's she doing? Go and find my iPhone. Oh, we're all right. We're okay. Uh, don't let her get the train home. No, get, get, no, she's got to do Uber. No, don't let her. No, it's too late to get the train. Yeah. You know, and all these sort of things. But um, really, you just, you have to let them go because yeah. that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's part of it. And as long as, they're around. They need to grow up, but they're you know they're around, and uh, you get them home. Uh, you know, and uh, you know we're a very close family. Anne Marie's a very close, got a very close family. Me and Anne Marie have been together thirty-one years. Oh. We've uh, been married twenty-five now. So, uh, but you know, we yeah. and that's not bad in showbiz. That's the <laughs> but uh, I am a family bod. Yeah. You know, that's my well. People say, "What do you do?" I, this family for me, you know, it's uh, it's going to the cinema, it's going out for meals, it's getting us all together at weekends, things like that. You know, so that's been very important in my life. And did you find, when did you find that, like, you've got more time on your hands now? Do you know what I mean? There's that, that period of whatever, 10, 12 years or whatever, when it's just parenting, parenting, parenting. And what did it feel like when you came out of that? Did you feel like, I think a lot of people come out of that, they're like, what do I do now with this time? Mm. Josh... Do not kid yourself. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. I swear on my life, I'm not doing it for comedy or anything. It doesn't happen. I used to think that when I was younger. I go, oh, they get older, they drift away. No, they don't. They're around all the time. Well, you've got other problems. Oh, we need to sort out. Oh, we've got to sort out my car. Oh, my tax returns. Oh, it doesn't. No, this doesn't happen. Yeah, you basically get three boilers that you have to sort out. That's like in films, you know, but when they drift away, no, they're there. They love it. Three <laughs> meals, washing machines, everything's working here. Mum does the ironing, you know. And then they have kids and need babysitters. Yes, that's, that's it. <laughs> I see it doesn't stop. It doesn't have an inter- oh, you, know, you know, it's not like, bye-bye. They go off, you know. And are you excited about the prospect of grandchildren? And they're a bit oh, young gosh, now for it, yeah. but as they get older. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, I am, of course. You know, sort of that's uh, that's another part of it. Yeah, I've never really thought about it, but it would be lovely to be a grand grandfather. Granddad. Was it difficult when they were born? Because you were so busy there, that part of your career... When Lucy, Amy was born, I was really on top form. And yeah, I mean, Brian Conley's show was getting 12, sometimes 15 million huge. people. Was... And he, people never even yeah. give that a second thought at the time. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like EastEnders was getting 30. You know, they, they were getting, you could not touch the soaps. Yeah. They were all getting 25, 30 million. So anyway, so Amy's, uh, we, uh, it's just about to be born and we can rush to the hospital and all that game. And then she's there. And uh, it was like a war zone. I thought I'd just be up the eating end, just going, go on, go on, love, push, push. No, it was all like, where is it? Oh, I was really involved and it was all happening. And then uh, when Amy came out, it was like this blue blob, you know? It was sort of, I don't know if, it was scary. It was really scary. And I was now aware that they take them over to like this weighing thing and then they put a little tube in their mouth and go, and then all everything comes out because they don't hit them on the bum anymore. And that all comes out and then they start crying. So the baby is all blue and it's all over there. And I'm so worried. I'm going, is it okay? Is it all right? It's very quiet. And they're going, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I go, no, no, please, please tell me, is it all right? And the woman turned around with Amy and went, it's a puppet. 
No. Wow. No. I'm not joking. I swear on my mother's life. I swear on my life. No. I'm that is no. incredible. I know. But it would just remind listeners that many, many moons ago, my catchphrase was, it's a puppy. Uh, which I'm reminded of every day for the last Yeah, I bet. Oh, wow. On the birth oh. of your child, though. That's, you don't need I your know, catchphrase then. It was blue. And they were all over there, busy and around. Okay, is it all right? And oh, then another God. time when Lucy, Amy was six and we were at a pizza restaurant and I had my uh, baseball cap on and my glasses and we were having food. She went, Dad, can you take your hat off? And I went, yes. She said, can you take your glasses off? I went, yes. And she stood up and she went, Everybody, this is Brian Conley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that. <laughs> and you want the absolute truth? What happened next? I swear on my life, this is what happened next. Sat down, ate a bit of pizza, choked on the cheese and spewed up all over a plate. Then I had to pick oh the plate up with all the sick on oh my and go God. to the restaurant. <laughs> so there you go. That's being a parent. And then one time we were at a hotel and the pool area was quite some way away from our little apartment on the hotel. And we had uh, Lucy, Amy, in this sort of like a nappy thing that you could go in the pool with. It's like a waterproof nappy. And we're sort of looking at me and uh, Amory. Oh, God, look at that lump. Look at that lump. Oh, God, she shit herself. Oh, bleeding now. Oh, we've got to go all the way back. I went, oh, don't worry. And so I went went to her, you know, she was sitting by the pool, and then I put my hand down, grabbed the poo, <laughs> put it in my pocket, and then went over to the shower, you know, by the pool, and I'm squeezing my pocket <laughs> to get the flim, you know, the poo to sort of dissolve in my pocket. I oh thought, what the God. fuck, what am I doing? This is being a dad. I'm on the telly every night. I'm squeezing shit out of my pocket now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh one last question that we always ask is there one thing parenting wise that Anne-Marie does with the kids that annoys you but you don't say it you just swallow it and if she was to listen she'd go yeah that's a fair point is there one thing you clash on with parenting do I really want to drop myself on a shit in any way she's so good with them she really is uh, you know, and that's that's it really. My only gripe is we've got a walk-in wardrobe, and I've got the back of a chair. That's uh, that's my only gripe. Uh, <laughs> no, I love it a bit, and uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to say really, because I, I, I don't want to drop myself in it. But there isn't really. There isn't anything. You know, if yeah. I analyse it, we both shared this experience, uh, but very much I, I I've had to go out there. And work and and Amory's been uh, there twenty four seven with them, you know, and uh, and they're they're great kids, and that's all you want, isn't it? Oh, it's been an absolute joy to talk oh, to. It is. Thank and, you so and much, I think Brian. The thing for me is when Josh went. So how do you find that emptiness when they've gone? And you go, no, mate, <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> Don't live in this dream world. You've got them now, and you will have them till you die. <laughs> Absolutely Thanks, so much, Thanks mate. Brian Connolly there. I love that. Do you know what, Rob? I love he Brian wasn't Connolly on so promo, much. and it's the most promo we've ever given anything. <laughs> well, do you know what? It, Panto is for kids, though, and it's quite interesting to hear about it. And my kids are definitely the right age for it, but um, no, he's, he's an absolute legend, Brian Connolly. Yeah. Or did he just ultimately pull our pants down and did the greatest plug-in of all time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> An old wily fox. He's absolutely played us. You <laughs> wouldn't get that much plug-in on Norton, I'll tell you that, whether you're the we... floor manager or not. 
<laughs> we did get it's a puppet and a pocket full of shit. Yeah, exactly. Which was fair as well. But no, I absolutely love that. And I'm definitely going to take the kids. But also, like, from a theatre, theatre's theater, worth shut for two years. So if you want to yeah. go and support your local theatre, it's a good thing to do. Do you know what we should do, Rob? Yeah. Michael can get together a list of the people in pantomimes around the country and we can have a look at some of the weirdest people that are doing. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm just trying to look for Plymouth. Not for Sleeping. Michael, he's got to no, do it. No, he's an absolute nightmare. Okay. <laughs> How about, let, 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 I tell you what, one, one episode, what we should do is one episode, we'll just go through. You give me, each episode we do this from now on, you give me a town off city and I'll tell you who's playing there. Yeah, perfect. Up until panto season. As part of our, uh, go to the pantos and support the theatre's um, Message. Uh, initiative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, also as well what, what, how altruistic is that we've not even in panto no. what the listeners are going to expect is we're going to announce a huge panto show yeah. Yeah. <laughs> parent in hell panto yeah, just to be clear maybe we should be promoting our own theatre shows <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. shouldn't be spending the time promoting fucking pantos that we're not in we've Fun got a tour panto. to sell mate I've still got some shows on sale in the, in the autumn go Eastbourne yeah. Somewhere else. I think South no, sorry, I'm not going to Eastbourne, Rob, because I'm okay. watching um, Craig Charles in the in, in Aladdin. <laughs> sorry. And if you like Panto stories, listen to the Jared Christmas episode where he talks about his time with Priscilla Presley. Oh, that is a great Panto story. Um, we're, right. we're a big Panto place. Anyway, we've talked too much. Shall we go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, bye. Hello, Tom Allen here. And Susie Ruffle. We have a podcast called Like-Minded Friends. It's very much a celebration of, I don't know, what would you say, Suze, being queer? Being queer, but also chit-chat. There's loads of straight people that love it, so I think that you should come along and listen to it. There's something for everybody. It's been described as white noise for gays, but also we had a lovely section about Glade plugins. <laughs> so why don't you listen to it? Search Like-Minded Friends wherever you get your podcasts. That sounded quite professional, didn't it? If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkout. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. But do you know what a snake's penis looks like? 69 <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi Social code media 10 characters long? People do their shoes off. I don't care if you're watching. Boot cut jeans. What's upset you now? Hello, I'm Paul McCaffrey. And I'm Sean Wall. And we are the hosts of the hit podcast, What's Upset You Now? Each episode is only 15 minutes long. That is perfect for your commute. Absolutely perfect. What, a little 15-minute bus drive to work? Stick an episode of What's Upset You Now on? What's it all about, Sean? Well, me and Paul and a big-name comedy guest such as Tom Allen or Rob Beckett or Josh Widdicombe will rant about what has got our goat that week for only 15 minutes. All those little things, like, for example, do you know Gatwick Airport are now charging you £5 to get dropped off at their door? And now the sun's back out and people are off doing yoga in the park again. <laughs> New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. What's upset you now with me, Paul McCaffrey? And me, Sean Walsh. 